Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Happy Monday, friends. I always laugh at myself now when I say that because I have my husband, my friends now who say happy Monday, friends. And you know what? But it's happy. And it's a good day, right? And if it's not Monday when you're listening to this, it's Wednesday Wednesday afternoon. Maybe it's Saturday morning. uh, Maybe you're headed to work. I don't know what you're doing. But I'm so glad that you're here. Y'all, you know, I think a lot of us just get used to hitting the next podcast and we don't always realize, you know, all this information that we're that we're allowing into our heads, like it's important to guard, right? What we are allowing into our, our minds and our hearts um, because that affects us so much. And so I'm so honored that you're here and I'm excited to dig into truth together. Um, something that I've been talking to some of my friends lately and was having a long conversation the other day and just thinking, you know, I think we're all really hungry for depth, right? Deeper, not wider. Give me something that's true. Give me something I can cling to. Give me something I can trust. And um, so I'm excited because I think this podcast will be hopefully full of that um, because God is good at being trustworthy. So anyway, last week we talked about the word joy. And y'all, it, I said this every week, it challenged me, but it just so inspired me because how incredible that the joy of the Lord, A, is our strength, B, is not situation specific. We can have it at all moments. It is the gatekeeper to us walking in the fulfillment um, and allows for gratitude, right? It allows us to see God's hand at work and joy. I mean, we all want joy. So if you didn't listen to that podcast, I heavily suggest you go back and listen. Um, But this week we are talking about the word movement. And, you know, this word is something that we all have these preconceived connotations, or you probably think you know what I'm going to say when it comes to this word, but I want you to hang tight. I, I really tried to think deeply about this word and really how we see it. And it's so, I mean, movement is so crucial in our lives. So before we dig in, we are going to refocus together. Y'all know what's about to happen. So if you can close your eyes. If not, no worries. We are going to refocus. Ready? Take a deep breath. Okay. F, fix your eyes on Jesus. O, open your heart to receive. C, calm your mind. U, Unplug from distractions. S. Saturate your soul in him. Another deep breath. That feels so good. Um, I do that for myself. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes, y'all, it's like the first deep breath I've taken when I go to record this podcast. And you're going, wow, you know, why do we forget to do that? It's so healthy and necessary. Um But anyway, okay, are y'all ready? This week we are talking about the word movement. 
And naturally, when we hear this word, right, we think of the physical kind of movement, like walking or running or working out or whatever. But really, when we talk about movement, and when I'm going to talk about this episode, is that we're talking about any and all kinds. Okay, we're talking about taking steps towards a dream. We're talking about leaving something that's negative so we can embrace something else God is calling us to. We're talking about being vulnerable and proactive in relationships in order to deepen connections and intimacy. We're talking about also that physical movement, which is a huge component, such as taking walks or going on morning runs or just stretching our bodies and taking the time to breathe. Um, When I was thinking about this word, I wanted to do a little bit of research. And I know a lot of you said that these random facts and just statistics help give you some additional basis and just open our eyes and um you know faith and science are connected I think a lot of people feel like they're independent of one another but science digs into the details and the specifics and the how of this world and the bodies and everything that God created so how would they not be very interconnected so anyway I think it's cool to dig into um, statistics, and I was looking at some, and according to the Mayo Clinic, which is a pretty reliable source, um, 200 years ago, 90% of the world lived in agricultural communities, okay, which is not shocking. Obviously, things are a lot different now. They didn't have this little gadget called a cell phone. Bless them, although it does make things convenient. Man, like, kind of feel like that would be awesome, you know, at least for like a week or two, but then you couldn't listen to this podcast, so maybe not. Um, People sat, though, 200 years ago, so 90% of the world lived in agricultural communities, and people sat for three to five hours per day, But and that seems like a lot, right? But that was only to take breaks from working. Like, I would bet that when they took a seat, they were sweating, or they were gathering strength to go back and do what they had been doing. Modern Americans, okay, so us, you and I, The average time sitting is 13 to 15 hours per day. That sounds insane. Not to mention the fact that we sleep, we're sedentary, and then we get up, and then we sit. What? 13 to 15 hours? That seems crazy. But when you break it down and you think about it, it's really not. You know, I mean, I obviously sit at a desk a lot of the time, but I really try to break it up. And be consciously aware of the fact that it's not healthy. It doesn't help my brain. It doesn't help my creativity to sit sedentary and not see the world around me. And, you know, because we are physical beings, I truly believe this statistic reveals to us how often we let our bodies and our dreams and our fears stay buried or stagnant. Like I've seen that play true in my own life time and time again where and research backs it and scripture talks to it that our bodies are his temple right? And that comes with a heightened sense of accountability. Because we always think about things in a physical sense, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and I'm going to use that visual of movement. And I was thinking about, okay, how does physical movement help us? What does it do for our bodies and our minds and our spirits and all of that? And then I'm going to relate it to what any type of movement, whether that would be like what we said, going towards a dream Um, connecting with others, whatever it is, movement towards anything that's of God. We'll compare it to that, and it'll make more sense. But So the first one is, what does movement do in a physical sense? Well, obviously it strengthens our muscles, okay? And when 
comparing it to, say, anything that we're moving towards God, it strengthens our faith. Because here's the thing is in order to strengthen our faith muscle, we have to actually act on the faith we claim to have, right? Like that sounds so obvious. But the thing is, is we always wonder, well, well, I'm struggling to trust God. But then we dodge every opportunity in our lives to trust him. Yo, how do we get good at trusting people that we ha- like see in the flesh? We create opportunities to trust them, and then we try. Then we try. We, we try to trust them, and we see how it goes. The same goes with God. In a physical sense, the strengthening of our muscles, we need to strengthen our muscles and feel strong for the assignments that God calls us to. And movement helps us do that. Because as we move and as we take these steps of faith, our muscles are strengthened. And the more we grow our faith, the more we act on our faith muscle, the more it grows. We cannot become people of strong faith if we aren't willing to place ourselves in situations and circumstances where our faith is required. What is not fed does not grow. You know, we can't want to be a spiritual warrior and never have to put up a fight. I mean, that sounds... It sounds great, right? <laughs> Have your cake and eat it too, but that's not what it looks like to be a disciple or to be a follower of Jesus. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, I love in the scripture, specifically the verbiage, For the Lord goes with with you. What does that signify, y'all? Think about it. If someone is going with you, what that's doing is that's signaling that the person walking out this scripture is making moves. Because how are we to believe that the presence of God never leaves us if we aren't taking steps? I mean, I think sometimes we're like, our faith feels dead or distant or dull. And that's probably because we aren't walking in the opportunities to be courageous and trust God. We have to strengthen our muscles. Okay? Next one. Movement, physical movement, solidifies our bones. Okay? In a faith sense, our bones are like, for our bodies, it's the foundation, right? If our bones are weak, then we are not, it doesn't allow us to move And the way it determines how much we can move, right? It determines everything. And so for this, this solidifies our foundation. Strong bones support us. So bones are like the foundation, right? They support us and they are what allow us to move. They protect us from injury as they provide the literal framework for us to go and do and respond. And scripture talks about this, you know, our bones, our foundation, talks about it often. And often compares our foundation to a house that's built. Matthew 7, 24 through 7, or 24 through 27 says it perfectly. Um, so I'm going to read it really quick for you guys. Okay, let's see. If you can and you have a Bible, uh, it's always helpful learning-wise to look at the words also. But if you don't and you're in the shower, I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man 
who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Y'all, we hear about building a strong foundation, but a building is only as good as its foundation. It doesn't get to outlast what is holding it, right? If storms are imminent, then we must have the framework to stand firm. A foundation is what allows for all the other to be fruitful. It's not enough for just for us to say we believe, right? It's not enough for us to borrow the faith of our parents as we build our own house. Like we have to have our own foundation. We have to put movement towards that foundation. And the only way that we can do that is by sitting with Jesus, by opening the word. There's no way that we can make the word of God a priority and not have a firm foundation. It's the beauty and freedom of the gospel. Like I think a lot of times we think, well, I don't really know what to do with this. Or we start to compare our foundation to others. But I can promise you that if you open the word of God and you let God breathe on your life and start to instruct what you do, what you say, how you filter what's true and what's not. As we begin to walk in that God-given identity, we put our hands and our hearts and our feet and everything to things that matter in eternity, we start to build a strong foundation here. And it's brick by brick by brick. Y'all, great things take time. But it does begin with those intentional steps to open the word, to spend time with Jesus, to realize that we can't say we're believers and we want to act on the strong faith and not put movement towards our foundation. Okay, so let's review. Verse one, movement strengthens our muscles or strengthens our faith, right? Movement solidifies our bones, aka solidifies our foundation. Third is movement stimulates our brain, aka stimulates our peace of mind. In a literal sense, movement stimulates our brain. It does. It gets the endorphins going, it gets the blood flowing, and it makes our bodies more aware. And honestly, like when I'm having a hard day or things feel like they're just closing in on me and I'm in my own head, the quickest and most effective way for me to remember truth is to get out of my own head and move my body. Like if I feel overwhelmed, when I literally move, it it figuratively and literally helps me see the bigger picture, right? I'm able to take some steps back. I was all up in the trees, right? And the Lord was going, hey, clear. Hey, step back. I want you to see the forest. I want you to see what I'm doing. I want you to see the path that I've already cleared for you on the way. Look how far you've come. Do you see the sunshine? Like, I got it. I got this. And it helps for us to take a step back. Movement helps us release the past, soak up the present, and dream for the future. You know, I think nature is obviously a huge part of this. And scripture talks a lot about this truth. That nature is the physical representation of the beauty and the sovereignty and the power of the creator. It opens our eyes to the works of his hands. And as we see the works of his hands, y'all, there's no way that we think that he's not trustworthy. There's no way that we don't have greater peace of mind when we realize what God is up to. And I'm a kinetic thinker. Um, If you aren't familiar with this, that just means that 
it means that my mind and my brain really respond to movement. You know, and I think we all really respond to this uh, to some degree. But the power of movement, um, because I think we just, when we physically decide to put energy and effort behind our physical bodies, our minds and our hearts respond. We are all interconnected, right? We can't separate our brain from our body. We can't separate our peace from what's, um, what we're putting our hands to and things like that. Like we don't, we don't get to separate and then wonder why um, things don't feel connected. And for me, like going to the gym and getting a good workout in, it's almost more for the mental aspect than it is the physical. Because no matter how my day looked or what's happened, I can check that area, right? And I can say that I've been diligent and moving and showing up and it helps me build trust in myself in that area and in other areas. I think sometimes, you know, it's like with resolutions or we're at work and we didn't eat the frog, as they say, or do the difficult thing. If you have not read that book or have zero idea what I'm talking about, avoiding the difficult tasks. Um, And so I think as we show up and physically move, I think we start to build trust within ourselves to to follow through, right? To show up in the ways God's asking us to show up, to take care of the temple that he's given us, this gift. I want you to think about this. When's the last time that you were really stressed out? Like, I'm going to take a pause, okay? I want you to actually think about it. Y'all know that this podcast, don't listen to me talk and be like, oh, that was good. Next, apply this to your life okay so I'm going to give you a minute when's the last time you were really stressed out do you think that if you would have taken a walk outside or gotten a good sweat in you might have worked out some of those anxious thoughts or fears about the unknown or maybe you would have been able to react a little bit differently a little kinder a little more patient a little more willing and available and God-fearing than you did Because you responded out of anxiety or you reacted out of frustration or you just felt so pent up and you didn't allow the movement, like you didn't allow yourself to step back, to see the forest, to remember who God is, to remember who you are, and to let that determine how you respond. Isaiah 26.3 is one of my favorite verses and it says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Y'all, that peace of mind stayed on you. Okay, what that means, I know it says stay, um, but with stay, in order to stay somewhere, it's actually not a stationary thing, if that makes sense. Like, it requires a lot of effort to stay in the peace of God. We have to fight against those distractions. We have to remember truth. We have to feed our souls. We have to show up. In the ways that we know nourish us and are good for our lives. And so in order to have this perfect peace, or in order for our minds to stay on Jesus and trust in him, we have to put movement towards this. We have to remind ourselves, I know who God is. That's going to determine my reality, not just what I'm looking at, right? Okay, so let's review. Strengthens our muscles, aka strengthens our faith solidifies our bones, a.k.a. solidifies our foundation, stimulates our brain, a.k.a. stimulates our peace of mind, and the fourth is that movement stabilizes our heart, okay? 
And we all know how vital the organ of our heart is. Like it literally is what keeps us alive and pumps blood to the rest of our body so that our other organs can exist and thrive. Like they can't do their job if our heart is not doing its job. How how does movement stabilize our hearts? Well, it decreases our resting heart rate. This is like a very (laughs) scientific, but you'll see what I'm saying here, okay? It decreases our resting heart rate, improves the ability to draw in deeper breaths, reduces resting blood pressure, increases calories burned to aid weight loss, and it reduces the risk of heart disease. Essentially, what all of this is saying is, hey, the more that we move and the more aware we are of being active, the more efficient our heart becomes and the less volatile and and at risk it is. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword piercing even to the point of dividing soul from spirit and joints from marrow. It is able to judge the desires and thoughts of the heart. Guys, I love this scripture because, and I know it feels like maybe like, why'd she just say that scripture? But hang with me, okay? When we talk about movement, it's both our physical movement and our emotional, our mental, and our spiritual. And as we move towards God, And we make strides to put action towards knowing his word. And we get serious about his word. It helps us sort through our thoughts. It says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It's alive. It's active. It's pertinent. It's relevant. It is for our situation. And when we realize what's true and what's not, and we then we then we can become stable. Stability does not mean that nothing is hard, right? Or that everything makes sense. Stability says, I know what's true and I know what's not. And what is true is a saving grace for my soul. Sanctification is the process of desiring stability in God above any and all else. And this refines our perspective And rightly aligns our priorities. I'm going to say that again because I think this is really important, okay? If you were not listening or you kind of tuned out for a second or whatever, and I got monotone, forgive me, dial back in, okay? Are you here? Okay, here we go. Sanctification is the process of desiring stability in God above any and all else. Like above anything in your life, you just want to be stable in the one who made you. What this does is it refines our perspective. It shows us how to see. And it rightly aligns our priorities. Because as we see, we say, now I know what needs to be first. Now I know what I need to put my hands to. Now I know what's significant. And here's the cool thing. As we take steps, steps of faith, we are required to lean into his heart and trust his heart. And it is in the movement that we realize he is our stability. Like, As we move, we realize, okay, so he really does have my back. But we have to take those steps in order for us to understand that he is stable in all moments. You know, movement is literally, like when we think about it, it's just change or development in any area. So at all moments, we are always moving towards God or away from God. And I think the enemy's greatest pull, y'all, is to convince us of either two things, okay? One is that we have to move mountains in order to experience movement of any kind. In other words, big steps are the only significant steps. That is a lie. Oh my gosh, why does 
why do we believe his nonsense? He's so ridiculous. He makes me so angry. But that's such a good lie because the big stuff is the glamorous stuff. It's the stuff that you feel like is seen and it's important and it's impressive and you can talk about it. You can post about it. La, la, la. But here's the deal. Real life rarely happens in really big steps. It's often the small, steady showing up that reminds us God is trustworthy and he is my stability. Don't let the enemy convince you that it has to be this huge, gigantic leap in order for it to be significant. That's severely undermining the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit inside of us, right? Sometimes it is leaps, but many times it's small steps. As we do the next right thing, we watch God make something extraordinary out of our ordinary moments. But we have to be willing to give him the ordinary. We have to be willing to trust that he really can do incredible things with the little, seemingly insignificant things we hand him. Second thing that I think the enemy does is he thinks you know that as long as we aren't doing anything terrible, we aren't moving away from God. And what I mean by this, okay, so Andy Stanley, I, I say that I've said this quote before, I know, because um, I say it in my life a lot, is um, we don't drift in good directions, we prioritize ourselves there. And I mentioned that quote because here's the deal, is I think that what the enemy wants to convince us of is, okay, well, if you aren't doing anything terrible, then you're good, right? Like you'll get to taking that small step when you have time. And what he hopes to do is eventually just convince us and dull us down to the point where we feel behind before we ever even start. And we think we'll get to it later. Because procrastination paralyzes us, right? And then it makes us feel anxious. And then we feel ashamed because we procrastinated. And y'all, it is a cycle, right? Much like everything. If we aren't actively pursuing God, we are actively pursuing something else. And that something else, unless it's God, is not going to give us the life we are searching for. You know, there are a lot of things that, um, Jesus was a pretty black and white guy, you know? Like he, a lot of things are, hey, look, I have grace for you, right? Like grace and mercy and all of that. But if we aren't actively pursuing him, we are actively pursuing something else. Our time, our resources, our energy, our efforts, they are being put into another area, whether we want to admit it or not. So my question for you as I close up is this. Have you moved towards God today? Think about it. If it's the morning time, have you cracked open the word of God? Have you read just one scripture? Have you prayed? Have you thanked him for the sunshine? Have you, if you're walking, have you said, Lord, thank you for the fact that I can move, that I can see your nature and that I get to see growth and seasons and all this stuff? Have you looked at your kids and instead of being like, you are such a piece of work, (laughs) have you thought, oh my gosh, you're mine and I get to entrust, I get to be entrusted with you. I'm not shaming like all the moms out there or dads. Definitely, you know, parenting, I can't even imagine, not one yet, but I know it's no easy gig, but I'm just saying how we move towards God is by voicing that gratitude. It's by opening the truth of God and saying it and proclaiming it and allowing our spirits to hear it and our minds to receive it and walk in it. 
if it's the end of the day and you feel like, man, yeah, I physically moved away from him (laughs) or I'm emotionally struggled a lot to believe his promises or spiritually I feel a little bit dead, clear. That's where I'm at. Or mentally, uh, yeah, no, I've ridden the anxiety roller coaster all day long. Okay, all of that, it's, it's okay. Like we're human. The cool thing about movement is that at any point, we get to turn around and take a step towards Jesus. That is our reality. It's the beauty and just the freedom, oh my gosh, of the fact that he's always waiting and ready to embrace us at any place, okay? So I wanted you to ask some of just these questions and things to kind of trigger your thoughts. Have you moved your body and expressed your gratitude for the breath in your lungs and the capability in your feet? Have you opened the word of God and moved your spirit towards the one who knows everything, knows what you need, and shifted to him? Have you realigned your heart with the truth of what he says about you, what he promises over your future, and what he says about those around you? Have you moved your emotions to get behind truth? Have you made moves to erase the lies and mentally mentally declare, I have a sound mind in you, Jesus? Have you made any of these moves? And if not, this podcast is, first off, you have moved towards God because clicking play on this podcast, in my opinion, slightly biased, was a good move. It was a good move to refill your mind with truth and trust and hope and know that God has your back. So I know we end with a focus tip every week. If you aren't familiar with the focus devotional, you can always find that um, in the show notes as well as it's on Amazon as well as clearlystated.com. So, but I'm going to end with the focus tip for this week. It says, when you find yourself frustrated or snappy. (laughs) Oh, we can all relate to that word sometimes, right? Um, Think movement and then walk away. Go for a quick run on the treadmill. Attend that workout class you've been missing. Simply take a walk around the park or stretch your arms. Remember, he is God. Okay. All right. I'm going to end with the Monday prayer. If you can, will you close your eyes? It just helps, I think, everybody recenter. Um, If you're on a walk or you're on the treadmill, please do not close your eyes. If you're driving, God sees you. Okay, and I just, I just want it to be a time where you really like dial in, you hear the words, and you let it just, just let it, let me read it to you and let it be true for your life and ask God before I even start. So, Holy Spirit, let us, help me believe this. Help me believe this is personal for me. Okay. Hey, Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. I am so grateful for the divine placement of your hand in my life. When I opened my eyes, I was reminded that you have purpose for me right where I am, and you have given me all that I need. Will you energize my body, mind, and soul to show up for you? Focus my eyes on what is important and my feet on the narrow way. Where there is unbelief, fear, or doubt within me, help me trust you. There is great hope and joy here. Help me see it, Father. Thank you for being a safe place to drop everything I am holding. At your feet, I find clarity, peace, and significance like no other. This week, I commit to taking steps towards the life you have for me. I trust that you will transform my small, seemingly insignificant contributions, and you will work miracles. 
That is what you do. Thank you for the margin you helped me find so that I can sit with you, learn from you, and refresh my entire being. My life's purpose is moving towards you. What a rich life. In this stable, powerful, and world-shifting name of Jesus, amen. (sighs) Y'all, doesn't that just, God's truth is so good, and he loves you and me so much. Like, we cannot change his mind about us. I don't know about you, but that seriously is such a relief to my soul. Um, I also just wanted to say thank you guys for the reviews. I'm going to start reading some out loud. They crack me up <laughs> talking about my accent. I never think I have an accent until I read y'all's reviews. Um, and just your kindness and subscribing and sharing on your stories. It means so much to me. The point and the mission of this podcast and everything I do is just to point up. And as you share, you help. We get to do that. We get to point up, right, to the only one that matters, y'all. Like, we will not ever regret being bold for Jesus, ever. I will stand by that. I will stamp my name on that. I will sign the dotted line every single time that if you are bold for Jesus, you will never regret it. But I also would bet to say that if you are not bold for Jesus— that at the end of this life, you will regret that. So anyway, I hope you all have an awesome day, that you have a great week or weekend or whatever you're up to, that you would move towards Jesus. It doesn't have to be huge, massive steps, little by little, step by step, show up. Strengthen your foundation, solidify your foundation, strengthen your muscles, stabilize your heart and stimulate your peace of mind as you move towards the one who made you. You are so loved. I'm so grateful for you, and we will see you next week.